Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Matthew. Hey, bud. Greg Hendricks is back in the house. Hey, hey come I'm on, here. buddy. And he brought a friend that I have been amazed by, that the stories that I've heard and, and the teaching that I've heard uh, online, that I'm just blown away. Yes, sir. That Bishop Robert Stearns would make time for us, especially because he's at a conference right, right now, right. just squeezing us in. <laughs> but boy, I got to tell you, not just because a friend of Greg's is a friend of mine and the stories that I've heard, but the essence of this podcast and the mission that we're on is sharing the love of Jesus with gentleness and respect. Amen. And the bishop just personifies that and lives that in some hard places. Oh, man. And so I just want to turn it over to you guys. I'll get out of the way. People have heard me talk. Uh, but Greg, do you want to do a little introduction and we'll hear from the real guests? Yeah, absolutely. For all the listeners that are listening, we have a very prestigious guest with us, Bishop Robert Stearns who has an incredible ministry called Eagle's Wings, and they do incredible work in Israel, in the body of Christ, all over America, all over the world. I can read off his resume, but it would take up about, no, about 35 minutes, yeah, so we don't want to do done. that. Yeah. We don't want to do that. No, but it, It's pretty lengthy, too. But we'll, we'll link it. We'll link to Eagle's. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I can say is this man is a friend. Uh, he's a co-laborer. He's a brother. And it's very rarely that you meet someone that is willing to give their life for something. Right. And you actually believe it when you see them. Not that they're just saying it, but they, that they give yeah. their life to something. Truth. And we're going to get a chance to hear his story. And I know all the listeners who are listening to this podcast are going to be blessed and be stirred to go after more God in your life because there's so much more that he has in store for you. So Bishop Robert Stearns, we're so honored. We're so humbled. We're so thankful that you're with us. This is my friend and this is who he is. And, and welcome, my friend. Welcome. welcome. It is incredible to be with all of you today and an honor to make two new friends. And Greg, of course, is already my friend and my brother. And Greg, I just can't help but reflecting that it was just, you know, less than a month ago that you and I were together in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. The last time I saw you, Greg, it was in the city of Jerusalem, and that was the day the whole world changed. Absolutely. We were together there. We had a total of about 300 pilgrims from 22 nations on our Eagle's Wings trip. We had about 40 senior pastors with us. And so, Greg, it's just mind-blowing to think that the last time I saw you, three weeks ago, I was there in Jerusalem, and of course, the next morning, the war broke out. But I'm honored to be here on Sent 315. I really already resonate with the spirit of this podcast, the spirit of you brothers and what you're doing. And I think it's so necessary in our world that we have a level of self-reflection within the church and a level of really seeking God for how are we to walk out what's known as the Great Commission, mm -hmm. right? Sharing the love of Jesus in the midst of a cultural milieu that is increasingly toxic, antagonistic. There's a lot to unpack here. So, I'm honored to be here with you because I believe in the mission of what you're doing. Awesome. Love it. One thing, the flavor that you have, Bishop, we were talking about before we came on the air, 
about some people start off with the bad news. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. This is bad news. And for me, if I started off my first date with my wife that way, I would be married to my wife. <laughs> That's Your ministry is so relational over there in Israel, and it's all about relationship. And starting off with what you said, you're made in the image of God who loves you. Boy, that's a way to start a conversation. Absolutely. Again, we're going deep here, but the reality is we're all, the, the, the modern, let's call it Western church or American evangelicalism, we're having to deal with this phenomenon, right, of people deconstructing, right? They're now the nuns, they're N-O-N-E-S, they're leaving church, they're deconstructing. And when you go into what is the root of that? If we are living in a construct whose primary motivation towards relationship with God has been based on shame, guilt, and fear, well, you're not going to produce healthy disciples. Mm. If the primary way that I've come to know God is shame, guilt, and fear, that's not going to bear good fruit. Yeah. But if we look, I'm a child of the 70s, and man, that was, that was how the church grew. If you were to die tonight before yeah. you got home and you were to stand in the presence of a living God and you just grew up, and that's why so many of us got saved about 27 times, right? We kept going. <laughs> <laughs> we kept going. Am I really saved? We would go to the get saved over and over again. And it was through my relationship with the Jewish people mm. and the unshakable sense of identity that they have whether they are practicing Jews or not so practicing, but they have an unshakable identity yeah. that we are loved by God, we are God's chosen people. Wow. That I said, my goodness, what is that? And then I said, this is the image of God. God has created every human being, every person that we're against, every person that's our political opponent or our cultural opponent or whoever it is we don't like, they're made in God's image. And so I have to begin by honoring that image of God in each and every human being. Fantastic. And giving that place of respect and that space of honor for that. And I've just found in my life that when we begin there, you're framing the conversation, you're framing the relationship in a much different place. And I have to reference my spiritual father was Pastor Jack Hayford, and I had the privilege of, of walking alongside of him for 25 years. And um, no matter how much he agreed or disagreed with whoever, I just saw him over and over again. He would lead with honor. Yeah. He would yes. lead with respect. And I've taught my children that. I've said, my three sons, guys, any room you're in, any conversation you're in, any context you're in, you lead with honor. You honor the people around you. You honor the place that you're at. And then God takes it and moves it forward from there. So, that has been how the Lord has led me over these years in our work. That is beautiful and so good. true. How does now you've been ministering in Israel since the 90s? How, we couldn't have somebody who knows more. How can you unpack that for us? How can you educate us? How can you tell us the truth of what's happening over there? Let me ask you a question. Are you are you asking in, in light of this current war that we're in? Because, of course, the podcast is evergreen and it'll live for a while. But do you want to address this war or explain to me exactly what you want me to tackle here? I'll tell you, I think for me, 
it hit me how ignorant I was of the true roots that are in Israel. So it's overarching and goes much farther beyond the war. But when you say the oldest and largest form of racism is against Israel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been going on forever and ever. And this is just another part of it. And, and you just taught yesterday in Luke 21 and how it just, yeah, here it is. This is what's happening. So I think if we have time to go through some of those roots and educating Christians about that, it'll apply so much to this war, this horrible thing that's going on right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. As a Christian, um, we have far too often failed to recognize the, there's a lot to unpack here, the theological, the historic places where we have disconnected from uh, God's story through the Jewish people. So, let me just tell you, let me just tell you my journey. So, I, I grew up within the evangelical church, typical evangelical church, I, I would say probably like a Southern Baptist type, good Bible-believing church. We weren't particularly Southern Baptist, but just a, a, a traditional evangelical church. In my teenage years, we moved over to a, the Assembly of God, so a more Pentecostal, Spirit-filled background, but that was my background. Israel was not on my radar. I am not Jewish. A lot of people assume that I'm Jewish. I, I got a star of David on today. I don't always wear this, but I got it on today. <laughs> my last name sounds Jewish, right? So people just assume I, I'm not Jewish. I had no connection to Israel. I had no background, nothing. And in my very early 20s, I had an opportunity to go. I was in between ministry assignments, and there was a I, I came across a brochure because we didn't have iPhones and social media. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and I came across a brochure about volunteering for this Christian organization in Jerusalem. And you could go over for six weeks and volunteer. I thought well, that would be interesting. And so I thought I'm in my 20s. That's what you do. You do crazy, impulsive stuff in your 20s. So I went over and Landed in Israel. It was my first time. I, I'd done one mission trip to Mexico, but it was my so only my second time out of the country. And I'm here, and I'm saying, "Wow, what is going on?" And I, what happened was that six weeks turned into I stayed for well over a year, close to two years. I don't remember exactly. Wow. And wow. in my faith background, brothers, like, I'm so grateful for Jesus, but what was God doing before Jesus? Somehow my faith only went back 2,000 years. Mm. And I knew the Old Testament stories, but they seemed disconnected from my reality. And I'll I'll, I'll go into actually what happened. So I was living in Jerusalem, and there was, again, this is pre-internet, pre-everything. I'm a dinosaur. This is how long ago this was. (laughs) And there was a little bookstore that you could go and you could buy the New York Times, you could buy Time Magazine. It was the only place you get English-speaking stuff. And there was a yeshiva student there, uh, and he was from Toronto. Now, I'm from Buffalo. He's from Toronto. He's a Jewish seminary, so yeshiva is like a Bible college. So, Mm -hmm. he's studying there. And he was working at this bookstore. Oh, you're from Toronto. I'm from Buffalo. We struck up this conversation. We kind of, And so, I'd go in there twice a week, three times a week. We struck up this friendship, and all of a sudden, I'm meeting someone who is praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mm. 
knows the scriptures far better than wow. I know them, and I had a Bible college degree, but knows at least all the Old Testament scriptures, is living a righteous life, is pursuing righteousness. And my faith construct just starts, I'm like, how do I, where is my grid for this? Hmm. He, this is not a Hindu. This is not a Buddhist. This is not a Muslim. He is praying yeah. the scriptures of Isaiah and hmm. Psalms. Hmm. He's praying them to the God of Israel and his people and their relationship predate my faith construct wow. relationship by thousands of years. Wow. How mm -hmm. do I process this? Yeah. And that was the first domino that led to now, it's, mm. I don't know if you guys are Matrix fans, I love the Matrix. It was like, <laughs> that was the red pill. <laughs> Morpheus hands you that red pill, baby. And I've been living in this for 30 years oh, since. Wow. Greg Hendricks knows this. He's been with me to Israel. It's like, how deep does this rabbit hole go? It's never-ending journey into what the Apostle Paul says. Paul says that God's relationship with Israel is a mystery. Because we, as the Gentile church, right, Jesus both unites us and divides us. Mm -hmm. Because we only get in because of Jews, right? That's <laughs> yeah. the only reason. Mm -hmm. Abraham, Moses, yeah. David, Gideon, Isaiah, Esther, Jesus, the Apostle Paul, not a Southern Baptist in the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> they are all... Jews. Mm -hmm. it, our Bible is a Jewish book written by Jews, for Jews, about Israel, about Jews. Mm -hmm. And we're the wild olive branch, Glory. Paul says. We've gotten grafted into the story. Yeah. Yeah. So that just began this kind of never-ending journey into this. And then you start to realize things like the year 324, the Council of Nicaea, Constantine, and you start to realize that most of what we are living in uh, is a construct that really does not look much at all like what Jesus and his immediate followers yeah. would mm -hmm. have understood. Yeah. We are now in some iteration of an iteration of an iteration, right? We're, we are in some... Um, devolving construct going back to constantine that really was a syncretism of greco-roman thought uh that has produced some crazy aberrations so mm -hmm. anyway that is that's the journey i could talk for hours i'm going to shut up but that that has been the journey. <laughs> so interesting so, though understanding that and then saying okay god uh let me reframe mm -hmm. my spiritual life not as, I'm going to heaven and y'all are going to hell. Let me reframe my spiritual life as I am on a journey into the goodness of God. I am on, I, Psalm 84, blessed are those who set their hearts on pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. I am journeying, I'm going from strength to strength. I'm going from glory to glory. glory. I grew up, that first initial church that I grew up in, what I told about was a kid, if you prayed in tongues, you were demon-possessed, right? That was what they taught. <laughs> and if you lifted your hands in worship, the usher would come and escort you out of the building. Wow. So, what's my point in that? I grew out of that, right? So, I journeyed out of that. So, how do we teach the Christian church to be, at the same time, solid in our belief, sure in our belief, but at the same time, open to grow and learn and 
journey into the fullness of God. So that's the path I'm on. And you're doing it in my favorite way. It's cunning and diabolical and insidious because you're loving people like abraham's bread ministry i'm sure that some of the reason why the jewish people I, I love you so much bio. robert stearns he's cunning diabolical, diabolical. <laughs> because you love them so well yeah. that they can't they're not arguing theology with you i don't think you and, and the rabbis are shouting at each other because I, I look, I saw what Abraham's bread is doing, and it's just one part of your outreach yeah. there. The, I didn't understand the poverty in Israel. Mm, I didn't understand kids aren't getting a hot meal a day, and people who actually went through the Holocaust are, are right. sick and can't afford food. And so you went and met that need out of love, and that's what Christians should be doing. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Didn't even know. Yeah. A lot of people have that predisposition, right, to think, oh, we fall into very potentially dangerous stereotypes. Oh, the Jews, they're wealthy, right? There's all these kind of systemic mm -hmm. things that we can fall into. But the reality is Israel's a nation that's only 75 years old. It's made up almost 100% of immigrants, right? And so we just have the most recent is the Ethiopian immigration. Mm -hmm. The Falasha Jews have just come home from Ethiopia the lost tribe of Ethiopians. That's a whole people group that's having to be brought in, right? Right before Crazy. that, in the 90s, early 2000s, it was the Russian immigration escaping the former Soviet Union. Yeah, 1.1 million Russians coming back. Wow. So Israel's having to absorb in a very tiny slice of land, right? right smaller than the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Israel is smaller than New Jersey. It's absorbing all these immigrants. And yes, in one way, there's a strong, high-tech economy, et cetera, et cetera. But let's look at your part of the world. Let's look at Silicon Valley. You got more millionaires per capita, but you also have abject poverty, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. You also have just complete poverty, homelessness, et cetera. And so we try to step in there through Abraham's bread, through our other outreaches. And Jesus said, they'll know your Christians by how you love That's one right. another. That's right. Wow. That's what right. do you do? For the least of these, my brethren. How, what do you do for the least of these, my brethren? And so we just try to do those works of Jesus as well. And That's how great. is that going right now? How, how has this been impacted? I'd love right. for you to tell me, you're coming from New York right now, and you were in Israel. Can you tell me a little bit about the story of getting out and what's happening with your ministry right now? Yeah, I was telling him when we were there, October 7th, this all broke out. And yeah. our team actually happened to get out that day and we knew something was up. We we're on the tarmac and I've been on many planes. I know you've been on many planes. This plane was aggressively going down the runway, number one. Then we got in the air and most of the time they make a smooth turn to their runway. He banked a hard right. Hey, we got to get out of here. But you had to stay <laughs> so behind. Scary. It was very scary. You had to stay behind with your, with your boys. And you were there. You were on the front lines. You were you were updating yeah. people via Instagram and all the other uh, outlets. But there, and you didn't know when you were going to get out. Wow. And you didn't know how you were going to get out. But you ended up getting out. And I was telling them you were actually sharing about this in, in one of your sermons. And I was wanting you to share with the people just that that moment. And there was something that you said in that sermon about that moment that really rocks you to your core. 
Yeah. We got your groups to the airport, as you said, Friday night. Mm-hmm. And there, that, there were some early things happening then. But unfortunately, Israel is accustomed to rocket attacks. So I think most people were assuming, oh, this is this is another rocket attack from Gaza, which is not so unusual, sadly, sad to say. But then Saturday morning, probably around 6.30 a.m. there in Jerusalem, um, my phone just started going off with text after text. And probably by about 9 a.m., 10 a.m., it became obvious this is not the traditional unrest that often happens Mm, this this is an invasion and so the whole city went into shutdown my sons and i I was staying for next we were staying for an extra three days i was doing some video some television for cbn and different things we were going to be there for a few days but all of a sudden we're having to rush into the bomb shelter Mm. the streets go silent it's obvious that this is not life as usual even though life as usual there does have those issues and so then we were confronted, okay, what are we going to do? They kept delaying communication about the flights. Then about, the, I would say, 24 hours or 36 hours in, then they canceled the flights. Mm-hmm. Then they said, okay, maybe we can reschedule it for Saturday, but then that didn't look good. And it, it was basically chaos. It mm. was basically four days of chaos running in and out of the bomb shelter with very unclear communication about anything. There were people who were getting out. Um, People would go to the airport and just camp out there. And if a flight took off, but none of the U.S. carriers were getting out. Like you could fly to like, uh, you could buy a flight and fly out to fly to Turkey or something. Mm -hmm. But we had already had our flights on United. Anyway, so thank the Lord because we're. God, by God's grace, very well connected there. Mm-hmm. One of the senior leaders came to me and said, we need to get you out of here. This is going to turn bad. And my sons, they have their stars of David, they, yarmulkes, prayer shawls, the different things that, mm-hmm. that they have. And so we're packing to, to leave. They said, we can get out. You've got to leave here in about four hours. And they were going to get us out through Amman, Jordan, and then from Jordan, they were going to get us a flight out. So we're packing, and one of the guides is in the room, and uh, we're packing everything up. And he said, no. He said to my sons, he said, you got to stop this. And they said, what do you mean? They were packing their talits, their kippahs, their stars of David. He said, you've got to leave all of that here. Hmm. You're going to be going through Jordan, and then you're going to be going through Qatar, Qatar, Doha, the airport. He said, it'll be completely unsafe if you are stopped with this material. And brothers, I could not help in that moment. I I will never forget that moment as long as I live. Mm. Because I thought this is what the Jews in Germany felt. My goodness. A generation. Mm. You're a hot, right? We're living in this generation that is supposedly all about identities. And you can identify as whatever gender you are. You can identify as this, I identify as that. You can identify as anything today, but you can't be safe and identify as a Jew Hmm. or as a friend of the That's Mm -hmm. scary, man. This oldest racism in the world and how we are living in a moment where the extreme left, okay, the extreme left uh, 
will show up at a pro-Hamas rally with the rainbow flag when, do you understand that if you brought out a rainbow flag in Iran, you'd be shot on the spot? And there's no rationality to this really demonic Mm. fascination that the far left has with radical Islamic fascism. Straight up demonic. Now listen, there are millions upon millions of peaceful Muslims that they want nothing to do with this. And many times they suffer the worst Mm -hmm. under the hand of a radical Islam. And I'm friends. I I have a friendship with the the president of Azerbaijan. I've been to Azerbaijan three times. That's a Muslim nation, but they're a progressive, moderate Muslim nation. And I've I've been in the palace there and he, he said, Bishop Stearns, I want you to educate us. How do we have religious pluralism in the midst of a culturally Muslim society? So we understand that there are many peaceful, moderate Muslim nations that you could describe as culturally Muslim. Nevertheless, there are millions who are under a radicalized Islam. Mm -hmm. And today, the Jews are not safe. But tomorrow, it will be the Christians who are not safe. And so, we've got to wake up to the reality of what we're facing. Really good. That's really good. So, your message to the Western Church right now, if you were just going to distill it what's the message to us as a christian church if you really want me to go here (laughs) (laughs) my message to the western church is that we're living in uh and, and again i love the church i grew up in the church i pastor a church but the construct that we are living in is one that will not survive the generation that is upon us. We, in my opinion, and I've been deep in this, guys, my whole life, uh, in my opinion, the only church that is not going to succumb to what I would call an antichrist spirit, whatever that means, okay, and I am not a hyper-eschatology guy, I'm not a hyper-apocalyptic guy, But we are living in a moment where the church does not have fresh oil in our lamps. Mm. Most of the Western church has succumbed to what I call spiritual entertainment. Absolutely. Uh, We go and we do our 90 minutes, and we are not fully formed disciples of Yeshua of Nazareth. Mm. And, And we see that, right? We see whole church movements, denominations falling apart. The, there's another one yeah. this week, just constant. The only church that I believe is going to truly both survive and thrive in this hour is the church that re-roots itself in Jesus. And Jesus is who? He is Yeshua of Nazareth. Nazareth. Yes. He is a Jew. There is a Jewish man living in our hearts. <laughs> There is a Jewish man who is coming back to the Mount of Olives. Mm. And we have known the Southern Baptist Jesus. We've known the Assembly of God Jesus. Come on. We've known the, the Church of God Jesus. We've known the Four Square Jesus. 
And because we've known those lesser iterations of Jesus, we then now have the Black Lives Matter Jesus mm. and the transgender Jesus and the Trump MAGA Jesus. Yeah. We've got all kinds of Christs, all kinds of Jesuses running out there because we have not known Jesus, the biblical Jesus, mm. who is Yeshua of Nazareth. And we have to commit ourselves to know him as he is, or we will be susceptible to all of these other anti-Christs. Wow. That's so true. Yes. I've got a couple more questions, and I know you're on a, on a, on a time squeeze, but yeah. number one, you've, besides performing at Carnegie Hall mm -hmm. and having an incredible music ministry and everything, you've <clears throat> written on this subject. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is going to say, hey, I want to know more about this, and, and going to your website is a great place to start, would you recommend uh, one of your books that people could dive into this and just say, hey, I need to understand this better. This is important. Yeah. Thank you for the question, because honestly, <laughs> sadly, but I guess good in God's economy, there's a part of me that feels like I've been screaming this for 25 years. <laughs> but Greg just told me about you. <laughs> I know, we I, just I, found out. Part of me for 25 years, I've been trying to point the church in this direction, and now it's, oh, now we're going to go when the world's gone crazy. But anyway, better late than never. That's right. Yes, eagleswings.org. Uh, is our website, Robert R. Stearns, S-T-E-A-R-N-S, on Instagram and Facebook. If I was going to point folks to one thing, we wrote a curriculum, and actually Pastor Jack and I wrote this curriculum together, Jack Hayford, and it's called Watchmen on the Wall. That's what I thought And it's a very say. simple, powerful curriculum taken from Isaiah. It says, I've posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. What does it mean to be a person who properly discerns and analyzes and responds to the generation that we're at? And I think the term prophetic is batted around so much. And, and yeah, there are rare times that the prophetic can be a forth telling, right, of specific events and etc. I'm not discounting that, but really, biblically, what most prophets did is they reflected back. They said, here's what's really happening That's right. in your generation. That's right. Here is the, here's heaven's analysis about what's going on. So that Watchmen on the Wall curriculum, and interestingly, next Friday, Saturday, from whenever we're recording this, I'm going to be in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and we're going to be recording this all and turning it into a a seven-part video course. Uh, so people can go through that video course. It'll be available in English, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, uh, many other languages. Um, but if you had to start somewhere, I would start with the Watchman on the Wall course. And I would start here. I would just start, just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just understand that Jesus is Jewish, and that makes a difference in your worldview. Come on, yeah. And if you'll just do those things, that will be the red pill, and <laughs> you will begin the journey to Zion. Let's go. And uh, then the next thing I would say is let's do a Sent 350 uh, tour of Israel as soon as the war there is over. There we go. Now we're talking. Guys on the plane. Let's get all the Sent, and, and, and we'll be doing this podcast live in Jerusalem. Wow. I, I'm yeah. taking that invitation. I've been to I'm Israel ready. twice, but I don't think I've ever I've been to been. Israel with you. No, you haven't been with him. That's a, <laughs> that's that's a difference. <laughs> and what you're just saying, I, I have a daughter, the daughter that got away and she moved up to Northern California, and we are going through 
every day the book of Isaiah. And we comment on it. It's on the U version of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we comment on it. And it's so much, Dad, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is like now. This yeah. right. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got that recorded that I'm invited to bring oh, everybody. Hey, you heard it here first. It's coming from him. That's you, that's a that's there like a Willy Wonka gold ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and, and Bishop, uh, you know, in closing, how can we support your ministry? How can we support the people that are hurting so bad over there right now? Um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, we've launched an emergency response operation. We're in the midst of raising $250,000 to go to front lines work there. Number one is our Abraham's Bread Feeding Center. Number two, we partner with an organization there called United Hatsala. Greg, I can't remember if I brought you to their headquarters yeah. or not. Mm-hmm, the Ambucycles? Uh, yeah, unbelievable. They are emergency medical first responders. Wow. And they pioneered this thing called the Ambucycle. Wow where it's a full ambulance on a motorcycle. So they're able to get through traffic. They're able to get through any situation. So we just, just, just Tuesday, we just sent over a $40,000 gift to them. We bought some defibrillators for their motorcycles. Yesterday, we sent a $25,000 gift to Abraham's bread to keep feeding soldiers. So if people want to be involved, eagleswings.org forward slash urgent response. Eagleswings.org forward slash urgent response. Um, We're getting finances and support to the front lines on an almost daily basis. Mm -hmm. And to be able to follow you too, all your social medias, your handles, your YouTube, uh, Robert Stearns, correct? Give them your social media. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, Robert R. Stearns, S-T-E-A-R-N-S. Robert Stearns Public Figure on Facebook, because my private thing is filled, so you got to go Robert Stearns Public Figure. And then YouTube is Robert R. Stearns as well. Yeah. Craig, mm-hmm. how should we close it up today, man? I would just say this in closing, that if you have not followed Robert Stearns and what God is doing in his life, through his life, and all the people have been impacted. I personally seen it now up close for two years in a row. One, I went as a part of a group. This past year, I got the chance to lead a group. And it's very rare where you see someone that has that much favor and grace and love for people and how God is honoring that. And the people that are brought to the table to have formidable, healthy conversation, even in disagreement, to still have conversation to get towards a place where we can be dwelling together in unity. I've seen it for myself, and I've seen you tirelessly put your time into it, your family's involved. It's incredible to see your boys there with you and being a part of that. And so, again, if you're listening to this, Eagles Wings, Org. Go on there, support. I sow into this ministry. We have other friends that are sow into this ministry. It, it is very healthy soil. All the dollars go to the appropriate place, to the people that really need the help. And this is a definitely someone you want to be following to get healthy truth yeah. updates on what's going on and how you can engage with God in your faith. That's why I want to leave for the people and, and close this thing out. Sounds good. And we'll have everything in the show notes. We'll have all all the uh, info in the show notes. Sounds great. You know what? Let's just close in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Father, this is a a huge family that we're a part of, Father, and it's an honor to meet someone on the front lines doing your work, acting like you. And Father, thank you for learning more about what's happening currently, but what's been happening for thousands of years and how that should shape us. 
more into your image. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. We pray for supernatural peace. We pray for revival, Father. And we just pray for the safety of everybody that's over there. Both both sides of this skirmish. Father, that you'd be glorified. Mm -hmm. We love you, Father. And we put this into your hands, our very lives. Yes, right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.